You are listening to the In Perspective Weekly Podcast with Bob Branco and Peter O'Toole. Welcome once again to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco. This is episode 289, and the date of our show is Friday, December 23rd, 2022. Merry Christmas, everyone. Let me introduce Peter Alchil, our friend who's keeping warm over in Missouri. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. You don't have to dream very much, Peter. You've got we snow, don't. right? We, we got snow. We got two inches of snow yesterday, and it's two degrees uh, with a 40-mile-an-hour wind gust, so it's very, very cold here. Yeah, the nice. only good news is that uh, uh, Wednesday or Thursday is supposed to get hit 55 degrees, so, you know, this is Missouri weather. Yep, I know. You have a lot of extremes there. We do. Okay, so before we continue with our program, let me offer some thanks to people who make it possible for our show to be available to the public, so to speak. We want to thank Raymond Gay, our producer, for doing what he does. We also want to thank Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place. They post our programs on greeting door number 15, so I want to thank them for doing that. Also, Jacqueline Sylvia, our website designer, thank you for archiving your perspective on my website. Just go to www.brancoevents.com and click on In Perspective Podcasts, and you will see most of our archived programs, starting with the latest and working down to the earlier episodes. I also want to Jackie. Merci, oh, Jackie. So- sorry, Peter. I knew you were going to say that. I also want to give a shout out to a faithful listener of In Perspective this week. I want to say hi to Darla Cook. Of Oklahoma, Darla, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Being that Christmas is two days away, I thought we would do a little tribute to Christmas and what it's all about. We did this last year as well, and it worked out perfectly well, uh, pretty much. So let me introduce the panelists. We're going to talk with us about Christmas and what it means. We have with us Reverend Michael Garrett. Hello, Michael. Hey, how are you? We also have Karen Gerald. I've been pronouncing her name wrong. Thank you, Jaws. And hello to you, Bob, and Merry Christmas to everyone. Thank you very much. Steve Theberge. Merry Christmas, Joyeux Noel, and all that good stuff. All the language. Was that French? That was French, yep. Okay. And last but certainly not least, Raymond Irving. Merry Christmas to everybody. It's a pleasure being here. It's a pleasure having you, too. Well, as we all know, Christmas represents the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think that, if I'm not mistaken, we all feel that spirit here in this uh, room right now. Uh, and hopefully that's the case all year round. But this only serves as a reminder of what Jesus means to all of us, so what he should mean. I'm sure that you all agree with that. Hey, Bob. 
Yes, Peter. Before we get too far down the road, I also would like to acknowledge our Jewish neighbors because they're celebrating Hanukkah as we speak. Oh, yes. Happy Hanukkah to to those who celebrate Hanukkah. And uh, Bob, please continue. Yes. So, yeah, happy Hanukkah to all of you out there in the Jewish community. And happy Kwanzaa, too, if anybody's listening that celebrates that particular day. So whoever wants to start out, I just wanted to acknowledge what the real meaning of Christmas is, and we can go from there. Yeah, I, I'm Steve, I'd like to say, um, I don't know if I hope I'm not stepping on anyone. Uh, no, oh. Steve, go right ahead. Then, Michael, you're out. Um, to me, Christmas is about Jesus, but that's fine. And I'm glad you mentioned the Hanukkah. I think, well, Christ was a Jew. I mean, if you read the Bible. Um, Tom, Actually, you're right. I, I, I think it's about tolerance, and I don't want to call it a holiday tree. Everyone knows it's a Christmas tree. I don't want to call it uh, the menorah something that it's not. Um, I'm not prosel- I don't want to proselytize people. I'm, I'm going to express my belief, but I'm not going to force um, Christ didn't do that. And I grew up as with Christmas and I believe, and that's how I feel. But I think we, we say we're tolerant in this society, but everyone takes offense at everything. It's like, I'm not going to run around saying Merry Christmas, like, you know, it's a wonderful life kind of thing, but. If someone chooses to be offended, they can say, well, I don't believe it. It's like, fine. It's like saying to somebody, have a good weekend. And they say, well, I'm clinically depressed. I'm offended. I'm sorry. I, I think we, we, we talk about tolerance in this society when we're, we're afraid of to call things what they are. It's like holiday trees, happy holidays. Yes. I can see happy holidays this year because it, we are celebrating Christmas and Hanukkah together, but my friends, I can say it too. And. Um, I don't want to go, I don't like to get overboard with strange, total strangers, but I think sometimes people choose to be offended and I'm not trying, personally, I'm not trying to, ex- I'm not trying to exclude other religions. I, I like learning about other religions. And my, my belief is that Christ taught tolerance and he didn't judge anyone. And that, that's how I look at Christmas. So. It, it, it's, if it's not, well, if it's a holiday tree, it's, it's certainly not a Hanukkah tree that I know, I don't know of any, you know, and it's a menorah is a menorah. It's, it's, it's without a Hanukkah. So why I'm, I'm we, glad, I'm oh. glad you brought that up, Steve, because the Christmas tree to me is unique in its own way. It represents Christmas. The features on the Christmas tree represent Christmas, at least the Christmas trees that I know about. The one that I used to have in the house when I was a kid that had a manger scene. It had uh, a little Jesus knickknack and little uh, other uh, knickknacks for the other characters that were there in, in the manger. That's Christmas. That's not necessarily any other holiday. And like somebody pointed out to me recently, when you're talking about the menorah, it's a menorah. It's not a holiday candle or a holiday ornament. It's what it is, a menorah, representing Hanukkah exclusively. So, Reverend Mike. Well, you know, Christmas to me is is strictly as 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 you opened up with uh, Bob. It, it's, it's strictly 
for me, is strictly related to observing the birth of Christ and what he did for us. And I think people try to minimize it, and people try to look at all different other things, different aspects. They tried, they've tried to commercialize the season. People in our own humanness have taken things, and we do this with a lot of things. We stretch it. We we add other things to it. We do all these different things to, to, in my opinion, dilute the real true meaning. Takes away from the observance or the the thought thoughts that we should have, in my opinion, related to the birth of Christ. Think about sometimes what would have happened if Christ had not been born, and and. Think about the consequences of the fact that he was born and what changes were made in this world. Changes have been made in our lives. If you are a believer in Christ, your life is totally different than it would have been. So I, I just believe that it excites me to start to think about it, to 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 read the Bible story, uh, I mean the, the the Christmas story, and and that's what we're going to do uh, this Sunday with my my kids, all of my 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 grandkids and my great grandkids. We're going to read the Bible story before we get into the food and and throwing all the paper around and all that kind of stuff. You know, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna read the Christmas story. <laughs> so, so yeah. it's going to be a great celebration. We have a great time every year. Sounds but like I want, like yeah. I want them to 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 know that they can have the fun. We can gather around the Christmas tree and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Please, I don't want them to forget the real reason for the. For okay, yeah. uh, Karen. For me, Christmas has always been a time of faith and joy and hope. But before I share any of those qualities with anyone else, I want to be sure that my heart and my feelings and my attitude toward others are right with God. So I look at the word Christmas and I see right in it the name of Christ, our Savior. If he's at the center of my life, if he's the Lord of my life, then everything is right about the past the present, and the future. He was incarnated and born 2,000 years ago. He's with us today through his Holy Spirit, and he will return to set the world right. So if he is the basis for my Christmas thoughts and feelings and attitudes, then everything else makes sense. The wonderful music, the feasting, the food, the friendship, the memories, both happy and sad, as I miss some of the loved ones and friends who are no longer here. But he enables me to deal with everything and to reach out in love and faith to all the people around me and also to laugh at myself. I was remembering so many things today that make me laugh, like the time not too many months ago when I was playing for a service playing the keyboard and using one of those movable 
sustained pedals, and it started running across the platform. And I was trying to continue playing, but slithering farther and farther down into the keyboard as I chased after it with my feet. Ultimately, the associate pastor saw my difficulties and sent the pedal back to me with his feet. Those are the kinds of things that we can accommodate in our lives, even at the most serious moments of performance, because Jesus is here and he understands it all. Okay. Raymond. Well, I'd like to echo Karen's Karen sentiments. Um, mm. Jesus certainly is here. He's part of my life. I um, keep the best relationship I, I can with him. I look forward each year when we celebrate his birthday with songs and festivities. And, you know, it truly makes me realize, you know, who the creator is. And I uh, like to sing along and, and have songs to the creator. And even history recognizes as Christ is as Lord, and so do I. Um, that's what I believe in. And each year at Christmas, we can echo that sentiment. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Hey, Bob. Can I? Yeah. Oh, what, yes. Ahead, can, can I add one thing to to yeah. to to uh, what Karen was saying? Sure. Karen talked about. Uh, Jesus, He is with us here through His through His Holy Spirit. But but remember what the Bible says: uh, they shall call Him Emmanuel, mm-hmm. God with us. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that is that is such a such a uh, uh, an exhilarating thought to know that that He came, He walked, He dwelt with us, He, he took on flesh, yeah. and he understands what we're going through. The Bible says he is God with us. That, that's exhilarating. That's exciting to me. Yeah, I agree. I, I, could I add one little thing? Yes, Steve. I, I, I am amazed that I've, I do a lot of Bible studies and how like different prophets in the Old Testament and how the New and Old Testament can connect in many, and I'm not a minister or an expert by any means but i am just amazed by how you have this connection and when you watch the passion of the christ they quote the old testament at the beginning of the movie and it's like it's it's it was christ has always been he just came to earth to live amongst us to to know us um you know he became flesh and i do believe in all that so but to me it's amazing how he you know he has always been you know, and the Trinity is a is a mystery, but I I definitely yeah believe I I feel that he ha- he's he will return, but he's still here. But he he will return in in another form, maybe in the future, as in, as it's in Revelation. And when you read the Old and New Testaments, you see how Christ is the theme uh, that binds everything together, and how wonderful it is to read the prophets, Isaiah yeah. and 
King David and so many who saw his coming and his second coming too. But all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we have the first glimpse of his coming. And in Genesis 1, we have Christ speaking the universe into existence. So as you said, he's always there. He's always been there. So I would I would like to uh, expand this discussion a little bit. Uh, I believe that uh, what what all of you have said is true, uh, and I am reminded of two things. Uh, one is Handel's Messiah, which yeah. uh, which 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 the first part talks about all of this. He starts with the Old Testament and weaves in the New Testament, and it's really a beautiful thing to to listen to and to uh, think about. Um, and the other thing that I, I am really fond of on Christmas Eve is the nine lessons uh, that King's College Campers puts on, uh, which huh. is a scripture reading followed by a, a carol or two that, that that highlights the scripture, which is one of my favorite parts of Christmas. Uh, Christmas Eve day at uh, 10 o'clock East Coast time is broadcast on many NPR stations. Hmm. And I'm also aware of the fact that there are folks who celebrate Christmas who don't believe Totally as we do. And I, I'm also, I'm also reminded of a lot of the Christmas songs that we, uh, know and love, uh, White Christmas and Jingle Bells and Walking in Winter Wonderland and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all these songs. Santa Claus is coming Santa to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. And, you know, these, this is all, this is also part of the season. Uh, you know, we, we, you know, I enjoy, uh, a lot of that music as well as the, as, as the more traditional carols. Uh, the, the Christmas tree, that we've talked about, uh, the early Christians, uh, sort of appropriated from the, uh, religions of the time and sort of made it Christmassy. You know, the Christmas trees not, doesn't come from the, from the Christian faith. It was, wow. uh, it was appropriated or, you know, it was sort of taken on. And so there's a sort of a nice sort of, uh, tension and a nice mix between the secular, uh, and the, um, uh, uh, uh the faith, if you will. And we all experience that faith in slightly different ways. Uh, uh, you know, so many of us tomorrow will be, will be, uh, having, spending time with family and people we love. And sometimes some of us won't for whatever reason. Sometimes we can't. Um, and so Christmas is a, is a, is a complicated time. Um, mm-hmm. and I try when I'm, you know, at church and doing things that I do for Christmas to re- remember that there are, there are, there are many people, young people, especially who for whatever reason, uh, were, were raised in the church and are, were, were burned by the church, not by Christianity, but by the church. And, um, I've, I've spent the past two or three years of my life on and off working with these people. And I, I think we, we really do need to honor the fact that Christmas is a, is a complicated time. Uh, and it is all those things that we, that we've all said. And it's a lot more than that. And I will leave it at that. It is a complicated time. Oh, sh- it is. I love Handel's Messiah. I think that's the most important piece of music ever written, and I never tire of it. Handel was a believer in Christ. White Christmas was written by Irving Berlin, a fabulous Jewish composer. What he thought about the meaning of Christmas, I'm not sure, but his words have touched all of us, and I'm so grateful for them. I'm grateful for my Jewish friends who celebrate Hanukkah, and I'm grateful for my Spanish 
Greek-speaking friends of whatever persuasion, and to them I say, Feliz Navidad. Christmas is not the same if I don't hear the Hallelujah chorus. Mm -hmm. I agree. I like to wake up. I like to wake up to Amen to that. Yeah, yeah. I I learned a lot of songs from Handel's Messiah when I was at Perkins in the Christmas concerts. For unto us a child is born. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A few others. You can't do better than those. They're the very, very best. Even voice teachers who may not be believers in Christ have their students study those arias. What a treat it is to work on them. Indeed. Do any of you find that Christmas has become too commercialized? Where would you draw the line between gift-giving and going overboard? That's, well, I, that's, I mentioned that earlier, and, and, and yeah, that's, yeah. One of the, that's one of the things that that really caused me to really start thinking really deeply a number of years ago because we've seen it commercialized so much. Do you realize that before in September they start rolling out the Christmas uh, paraphernalia in the stores? Of course. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Now, it, it comes now, back. You know, Sorry. It used to be. I, I, I'm almost finished. <laughs> it, it used okay. to be that you gave gifts that that meant something, little, you know, things that that really meant something to somebody. And now people are uh, are giving cars for Christmas gifts. Come on, come on now. I know. No. Well, I I think when all I, we can when I do. We need to change our behavior, right, and do what is right and set a good example. I'm reminded of a family in which nobody needed anything more, but there was much debate about who was going to get what, and the parents solved the whole thing. These were adult children. The parents solved the whole thing by sending each of the children a card saying, a donation in such and such an amount has been made in your name to the Salvation Army. Well, I like the idea that we are giving to our friends and loved ones who may not really need anything, but we're also reserving enough of our time and money to give something to people who are really needy and hungry. And if we set that kind of example, what more can we do? We don't criticize others. We just do what we feel is right. Yeah, we, we remember that the Bible, again, his ways are not our ways, and people get caught up in the material. I mean, I'll give because, you know, my mother's getting a gift, but not because it's expensive. No, it's, no. It's something it, that she will it, enjoy it, and appreciate. I mean, yeah. there, were gift, there was gift to be given uh, at the birth. You had the three wise men yeah. that were doing that. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. I, I had a thought on that, no. too. Like, let us bring him incense and gold. And to me, it's like... People, he, he probably he probably needed blankets more than incense and gold if he was in a freezing manger if it was indeed a cold birth. I'm, I, well, but I love those songs too, and I I like the idea of the of course Magi bringing it's it's an example of their sacrifice to see the Christ child because they had the prophecy and they were led to him by the star. But the material is yeah, people get caught up in it's it's not the message we should be sending, not that. It's not you don't give gifts, but it's 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 from the heart and remembering well, but, but it. But remember, usually remember, when I give, a, either, either those gifts had a, had a meaning 
not related to just contributing to his wealth, but contributing to his his person uh, as a king and as a savior, and, right. and ultimately, uh, uh, yeah, as as the savior because that's what the the, the incense represented, you know. Yeah, that, that's that's true. There, there are meanings to yeah, that as so, well. So 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 what if we dialed back like 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 Karen said what if we dialed back our behavior and said okay I'm going to give this person a gift but give them something meaningful that will aid them and help them in the one of the things I'm going to ask and I always ask this of my kids when they when they get when they get their gifts and everybody they're all happy well, I'm gonna. It, it, you, you guys may think I'm, I'm, I'm hard, hard, hardcore, but, but I just want, I just want them to understand. So my question is, now what are you gonna give Jesus? Because it's his birthday. Ray, you were gonna say something. Um, I usually I was when I when I give a gift, I usually think of what they really need. Like, um, yeah. you know, out of a coffee pot, I'll get them a coffee pot if the coffee pot broke. But I I do like what uh, Mike just said. What what are we going to give Jesus? We don't really think about that too much, do we? What are the what are the unfortunate parts of the Christmas celebration as it is now? Is that on December twenty sixth at midnight, all the music, Christmas music, and Christmas things end. And I think that's really not in Rhode Island. Not well, in Rhode Island. They wait till New Year's, pretty much. Yeah. Well, not uh, at least if you listen to if you listen to radio for example you know that the christmas music stops and the reason i think that's unfortunate is because we were talking about the three wise men the the, the three wise men did not show up at christmas's birth uh, jesus's birth they showed up you know later when jesus was living was living somewhere else and um i far be it from me to say i wish things were the the way they used to be but there used to be a separate week where the church celebrated the the three things and i and i and i wish that that were still the case only because Otherwise, we, 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 you know, we sort of celebrate everything at the same time, you know, and the three kings didn't, are they actually, they were more than three. There are quite a few more than that. And, uh, they, they, they came quite a ways after Jesus' birth. Uh, and, yes. uh, and it's really yes, sort of please. unfortunate that, that, that we celebrate everything at the same time. I wish that, um, that, you know, there was Epiphany Sunday, which was, uh, you know, right after New Year's and that, that's when we celebrated the whole three king routine. And yeah. I wish we went, we went back to that because I think it'd be more, more honored of the, of the scripture than the way it's currently done. Like, for example, tomorrow, uh, sorry, on Christmas day, uh, there'll, will be, a, there'll be a church service and the preaching is on the mag, the magi. Well, that's fine. I, I, you know, I don't want to be too literal about the Bible, but I, I, I really do wish that they, that they would preach that the following week because it, 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 it deserves a special time, I think. And we sort of forget it does. that. And what they don't realize is that the gold, frankincense, and myrrh were very much needed by the family. They did not have much money, and they were soon going to have to flee to Egypt to right. escape King Herod's efforts to murder the child. So they probably spent those gifts to support themselves while they were in exile. Yeah, that makes sense. Um I, I also had a thought on that. What are you going to give? It's like really the praises that we, when we do prayer things, we do praises and requests. Well, a lot of people do requests. It's like, Oh God, I'm having a terrible time. I need, I need all kinds of things, which is 
fine, but it's the praises for the things we take for granted. It's like he gave me life today. I have a roof over my head. I know some people don't, but we we often forget. So it's like, yeah, I'm I'm thankful I had a family for Christmas to be with. You know, that's the kind of things we should be looking at. And there's nothing wrong with prayer requests, but it's often I've seen a lot of people. It's like when things go wrong, it's like, oh God, please help me, help me. But when they, when they're on top of the world, they kind of forget. It's like they don't say thank you enough. Yeah, it's and it's, it's the little things which aren't really little things, which when you think about it, are big things like having a roof over my head, having enough to eat today. And you can't minimize that, but people forget. It's like, oh, well, I'm, you know, and yeah, there's nothing wrong with asking God for requests, but people, many, it's human nature. Many people forget. I'm sure I've done it. Nobody's perfect, but that's the kind of attitude like you were talking about. What are we going to give? Well, we have to give our hearts and give our faith and, if he's sovereign and give it up to God because we don't have that control. We never did and we never will. When people realize it's like the serenity prayer, just give it to God and it's worked in my life. I'm not trying to preach, but that's, you know, we're talking about it as what we feel and that's how I feel. And those of us who lack eyesight can look back in history and see what life was like for blind people before Jesus oh, came. He yeah. changed everything and no matter what our situation may be it's so much better than it would have been if he had never come he gave us dignity and opportunity that nobody else even thought of giving to us so we should be the best witnesses of all of what he has done to change the world right i i just wish uh that we in the church Remember that, because uh, I know all of us, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that. Many of us uh, have experienced some real um, uh, uh, hardship as disabled folks in the church for any, any number of reasons. Yeah. And, and um, uh, you know, we all have to uh, have to sort of live with that and, and grow through that. But I really do wish that, uh, well, that we, each of us, did a better job of remembering that Jesus did honor everybody. He had honor, he honored Samaritans, which was the, which, which, which was the, uh, sort of the hated group at the time. You know, he, 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 he honored them in many ways. And we, to the extent that we can, we need to remember that and, and live it, live, live it accordingly. But it, you know, it, it sort of breaks my heart when I hear stories, uh, as I have about whatever group we're talking about, young people or disabled people, being for whatever reason, uh, feel totally unwelcomed and dissed by the church. Jesus mm-hmm. didn't do that, but some of us do it and do it too, too often. What do you think caused that trend, Peter? We're all sinners, basically. Um, you know, and, and, and misunderstanding and, um, a fear, you know, people fear difference. You know, they, they fear blindness. They, they don't, you know, how many times have we heard, have we heard, I wouldn't ever want to be blind? Well, that's honest, right? But the problem is that they, they're so fearful that they, they, they reinforce what they fear. Um, and it, it, you know, it's just, it's just sad and frustrating. I mean, I, after spending the, the time I have talking to folks, young people who left the church for a lot of reasons, we, you, which you could agree with or not. I'm, this is not, you know, but, 
and, and the main reason is that they felt wildly disrespected. They didn't feel heard. They they felt uh, they they saw the hypocrisy around them, and they and for whatever reason they they just couldn't handle it. And you know, uh, part of the the service that, that the church that I belong to is we're trying to sort of reconnect them and to say, hey, the church isn't doesn't have to be the way that you experienced it. Christianity doesn't have to be the way you experienced it. Uh, it's it's bigger than that. But what a shame that that they experienced it the way because of you know of of behavior they saw around them. And I am just so um, uh, sad about some of this stuff. Um, I I I went to a church a while back that uh, the I'm saying the average age of the people there I'm guessing was say 60 or 65, and the only young people who were there were young kids brought along by their grandparents, not their parents, their grandparents. You know, wh- where are we going? Where are we? And I know this is not Christmas, but it's incredibly sad and it's self-inflicted. But that's not all. It's self-inflicted. Or taught. But yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the thing is, we have different churches and they, see, we're, we're split. People have different ideas of Christianity, but as my understanding is that Christ has Christians as one body. We're all part of one body, but people have find trouble with that because, you know, we're human beings and we have schisms and we have differences of opinion. But Christ, the way I understand it, had us all as one church, not, not an official sanctioned church, not a Catholic church, not a Protestant church, but the body. We're all part of the body of Christ. And that's, that's a big distinction as far as a church, specific church, which is a man, run by man religions are run by man you know religion christ may have been had a different idea i think as, as far as the church as it's talked about in the bible all right i could be wrong in that but i think he had a more inclusive it's like we're all christians well, well you, you, because you're, you're the, right. the church uh, wow. oh, hold on um, mike, mike can you go and then karen yeah. okay i was gonna say you're right in, in the in the what Christ was trying to get people to understand is, you know, when, when Peter said, "said Thou art the Christ, son of, you know, son of the living God," and he said, "You are right," you know, on this rock I will build my church. So the focal point is having faith in Christ. That's that's the focal point. That's why. I, so when we start to look at even turning back to Christmas, when we start to look at Christmas, the focal point should be on Christ, what he did, why he came, what he did, what he ultimately did for us for all of our sins. So when you start to look at the church itself, uh, it we are a part of the body. Paul talks about Paul talks about the the, the each the parts of, of the body having a function. The, the spiritual gifts that we have, we all bring those. The, your gift uh, is complemented by by my gift, and vice versa. It, it and all of our gifts together make up the body of, and that is the church itself. You know, I should be able to go anywhere in the world where they people believe in Jesus Christ, and I should be able to be comfortable because I can lend my gift and and be. Buoyed by the people there with their gifts, so 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 man, man has diluted the church by bringing his in his own beliefs. And so one of the reasons to go back to where you started, Peter, 
the reason that we're finding this rift, and especially in the in that generation where the parents are not bringing their kids to church, is because they've gotten uh, caught up in, in the worldview and trying to bring other things into their lives, and taking that's taking away from the church. Mm-hmm. Karen, Karen, and then we'll go to the community after Karen. I'm just thinking of the fact that the people in the church are necessarily fallible and sometimes will exhibit disappointing behavior or inappropriate behavior, but I just want to be sure that my behavior is right, that I respond appropriately, and that I don't let anyone drive me away from Christ, even if I have to look for a different church. Absolutely, Karen. Well, we all try to behave as best as we can. We're all sinners in this world. The best we can do is pretty much the best we can do uh, and uh, keep to that point. You're listening to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco, and my co-host is Peter Alchill. We're talking about Christmas today and what it really means. So what I'd like to do is open our show up to our participants and they can ask our panel members questions. Our panel members are Steve Thieberge, Raymond Irving, Michael Garrett, and Karen Gerald. Raymond Gay, our producer, is ready to look at hands to see if they're raised. Ray? Okay. Um, before I go to Deanna, I do, I need to try and play this recording one more time during the program and then, uh, we'll move on after. Um, so I'm going to try this one more time. If that doesn't work, then we'll just go directly to Deanna. This is an ACB community event, a program offered by the American Council of the Blind. You have entered a standard Zoom room on the Zoom platform. Here are a few tips to assist you. First, you must accept that the call is being recorded before you will be allowed to unmute. To do this on a PC, tab to the Got It button and press Enter. If the button isn't on the main screen, press F6 until it appears. For the Mac, once the meeting opens and you hear the call is being recorded, hitting Enter will activate the Got It button. From the app, swipe to OK to accept the call is being recorded. If you're using a phone, no action is needed. Now, here are some important commands. In Zoom on a PC, use Alt-Y to raise or lower your hand. To mute or unmute, press Alt-A. On the Mac, raise and lower your hand with option Y. You can mute or unmute yourself by pressing Command-Shift-A. In the app, to raise your hand, look under the More button in the lower right corner. Mute is in the lower left corner. Both of these toggle the settings on and off. From a phone keypad, press star 9 to raise or lower your hand, and use star 6 to mute and unmute. All right. Thank Deanna, you, Ray. You are up first. Who's up first? Deanna. Oh, hi, Ray. Um, okay. As many of you know, I'm Native American, so my cultural base is different than yours. I have friends um, in all walks of life and of all faiths. What I feel the, the Christmas message is that we are all human beings. We are all children of God, whether we are Christian, Muslim, or without a religious belief. It's not, to me, it's exclusionary to claim Christmas only for Christians because as that was the main thing he came to teach us was that 
it doesn't matter if you are an important person in the church. If you don't live as a child of God, loving one another, not judging, not drawing all kinds of of circles and saying, those that stand within this circle are better because we are Christians. No, that isn't what he told us to do. He told us to love one another. That's right. And not to judge, not to put ourselves above each other. He despised the Pharisees. Um, to God, the, the widow with her might was more precious than the man who made a big show of bringing perfect sacrifices and dressing up and being very loud in his, in his devotions. That isn't how he wanted us to worship. He wanted us to worship quietly in our hearts and with our deeds. So for me, um, I think it's offensive to draw circles and stand within them and say, this is our holiday. It isn't. It's our chance to show what we believe in. And if we believe in universal brotherhood and the fact that God created us all, whether we have slanted eyes or different colored skins or whether we were raised in another culture, um, all kinds of different cultures celebrate this season in different ways. The Christmas tree was not originally associated with Christmas. It was associated with the need for belief that life goes on, even though it's winter, it's cold. It's It was called the Yule tree yep. before it was called the Christmas tree. And the point was to bring it inside to remind us that the cold and the snow and the dark of short days is not the end of anything. It is just a turning of this, of the year. And so gathering together to celebrate that we are alive, we are well, and we love each other. That is the message of Christmas, regardless of what your religious beliefs are or whether you have none at all. So for me, that's the important part, not candles, not songs. It's showing concern and caring for everyone around us, not noisily, just being who we are meant to be. And generous, yeah, generous, um, caring people. I, I don't, for myself, consider myself drawing a circle. Okay, I listen to Christmas carols, but I'm not. I, I agree with that message a hundred percent. To me, Christ, it, I wouldn't disagree with anything you said. I, I can see where you're coming from because I think some people do have it make it a show, and it's it's become our society. You know, it's. It's the commercial makes is kind of gives it a bad name because it's like, oh, look at all these lights and look at all these. And you're absolutely right. And that's how I believe Christ invited every Christmas. <laughs> and I think that we Christmas can all be. We can, to everyone. 
We can all be Christmas angels. We can all be secret Santas. We can all yeah. give without expectation of gratitude from from the receiver. That's message. Yeah. That is what we are meant to get out of Christ's example. And therefore, if we don't preach, but just give generously of our time, our gifts, our hearts to everyone, um, that is the reminder of why we celebrate at this time of year. I couldn't agree yeah. with you more, Deanna. Thank you, Deanna. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I do want to say, Deanna, I, you're, uh, I, I, we who consider ourselves Christians fall far short. We have a history of falling far short of this yeah. stuff. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, we've treated people who are different from us often really, really badly. Um, and we need to remember that as we, as we sort of, you know, try to, you know, we're pilgrims as we sort of walk through this world. It, mm-hmm. It's a great thing. And yet we, we, so we forget that it is, it is a universal thing that Deanna's talking about. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that for the moment. Anybody else want to react to Deanna? I just echo the sentiments exactly. I mean, we're yeah. all, we're all people. And I mean, we, especially with what's going on with, um, you know, blacks and whites and black lives matters and, um, Everybody matters, and we we should all remember that, especially this time of year. Jesus came and he made the ultimate sacrifice and gave his life for for the for sin, you know, so that we can be forgiven. And and because of it, we should give freely of our hearts when we can. This is this is it time of year and, and we should do it all all times of year Christmas sometimes has gotten demoted because of uh, the political correctness I mean I had to play at a Christmas party yesterday and um, like kind of be select with songs I sang and then I, I, I just ended up playing the first songs that came to my head whether they be spiritual or about Santa Claus and mm-hmm. we all had a good time. Most venues and, play a combination and, of both. Yeah. Yeah. Well I I have a, a, a little bit different a little bit different take on, on you know from from what Deanna was saying. Yeah the the message, the spirit of, of the message is good. The, Living and life are those things of things that we should do all the time, but 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 I stand wholly on the Bible from the standpoint that that we celebrate this time because it is it is Christ's birth. I'm not I'm not drawing circles or anything, but as a Christian, I celebrate this time because of because of Christ's birth. And 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 who was that? Was that Ray was saying that that he came. His, his purpose for coming was to save us from our sin. And if he had not come, we would be lost. If he had not come and he had not lived the, the life, the, showed us the example he, he, he gave and died for our sins, we would not be able to even do what we're doing today. And that means all the world to me. Right, right. I agree. Sally, you're up next. Hey, Sally. 
Hi. I just unmuted myself. All right. I have two comments. Um, One, I don't like the term Christian for myself. I follow the life of Jesus and what he taught. And I can tell you that one of the most Christ-like people I ever knew was my late husband, who was a non-observant Jew. And he ended up going to a Lutheran church with me. He was very, very giving, very compassionate, um, worked in a lot of food-covered organizations and very liberal causes and took care of people. And to me, it didn't matter that he didn't want to take communion. Um, It didn't matter to the pastor either. She said, you're here more than most people who belong to the church. So, um, you know, don't even think that you're not welcome here. Um, Secondly, I think that part of what we do at Christmas, we get caught up in let's take care of each other. Let's donate to this. Let's donate to that. And what worries me is that when Christmas is over, a lot of people think, well, we did that for this year. No, what Jesus really said is, take care of each other. And what you do to the least of these, you do to me. So I like to think that we need to follow that all year. And no matter what kind of resources we have, anybody can give a can of soup to a food cupboard. Anybody can give time to a church group, and that's what I think is really important. And, that's and these these people are just as needy. I'm sorry, Sally. These people are just as needy the rest of the year as they are at Christmas time. Of course. And and I also think that anyone is one divorce, one disability, one chronic illness, one job loss away from being the person who needs the food cupboard. So yeah. you were all in this together. No. That's what, I, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Yes. I, I know an atheist who had very, I asked a couple atheists who behaved very Christ-like. They wouldn't call it that. So it is about, it's not about the label Christian. They might not believe in a God even, but, just we a lot of people assume, oh, you're an atheist, so you must be somehow bad or evil. And there are a lot of good atheists out there. And and I know one person in particular who's actually becoming agnostic because they're saying, well, what, they're hearing basic. It yeah, it's not about labels. I mean, but I do agree. If you're following Christ, for me, I don't have a problem calling myself a Christian. But it's to me, it's not a box or a circle. It's just I identify with Christ. I. I walk with him. I, I have the faith. I, I give myself up, my life to him. So to me, I, I understand labels can be very, put, tear people apart. And I think there are different people. You say, what is a Christian? And they'll have different answers. Well, I think it's, we're very polarized in this society yeah. too. Yeah. Um, Big time. Yeah. Thank you, Sally, for your comments. Sure. Very interesting. Thank you very much. Anybody else, Ray? Um, at this time, no. Mm-hmm. Then, then, right. then, then let me um, sort of 
uh, one of the things I find fascinating about the, this, this season is, you know, we've been talking about it, it being broad and narrow at the same time, right? It's broad, you know, Deanna and, uh, the person who followed her has said, you know, it's, it's, it's more than, you know, Christianity. It's, it's a universal kind of thing, which it is. And it's also Christian, right? You know, I mean, those of us, um, and, and that's, that's the, for me, that's the beauty and the mystery of the season. I think sometimes we, I, um, sort of forget that at, at our peril, that it's, it's both. It's not either or, it's both and. So for those of us who believe that, you know, that Jesus is Lord, we, we do celebrate with that in mind. And yet somehow we are, we are, we are asked to work with those. I, I'm not saying this well. Who, uh, to honor those who don't agree with us, that they celebrate Christmas too in, in a, in a, in a holy way. Many of, many of them. And I don't know how you, how you square that circle or even if it's, even if that's supposed to be squared at all, you know, but I think that's the, that's one of the things I find so w- wonderful about the season that it's not one I, or the I, other, but, but both. Michael? I, I think, I think, I think, uh, Peter, one of the things that happens is, especially today, because people are so, so verbal, and be, it's almost like they want to put Christians or put us who believe in Christ on the defense, you know, and they want us to accept everything else. Well, Jesus was okay. Jesus was okay with people and their beliefs, and he did he did not force himself on anybody. But he did say that no man can come to the Father except through me. That's in the Bible. That's mm-hmm. he said that. That's and, and so he didn't say he he didn't bang your door down and say you got to come. He said it's your choice. Yeah. Your choice. I, I, I wrote a song. I, I mean, I wrote a I wrote a poem. The last sentence, the last phrase in this poem is it's taken from a song, and I kind of paraphrase it. But and it says, "A day is coming when we'll either accept him or choose to defer. But don't let it be too late, or you'll be left standing saying, Lord, we didn't know who you were.'" And and I and I and, and I think it is incumbent upon us and uh, who who believe. To, to live our lives in such a way that those who don't believe, uh, understand who he is. Cause, because people don't care about the Bible, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, it, it, you know, unless, unless you're, you know, unless you read it or whatever, you know, that your average person, you know, don't, doesn't want to be preached about, you know, John 316 or yeah. whatever verse we, we all love or something. Yeah. You know, but if we live our lives in such a way that people are sort of, Drawn to us or drawn to, to Jesus, if you will, then, then we're doing, then we're, then we're onto something. I have a and friend who's ask. an atheist. I have a friend who's an atheist and I asked him one day, what do you think the Bible is then? He said, Oh, the Bible's a lesson book. Could, and, how, yeah, and, I, how, and, I, and how sad I had is a that, thought right? on that as well? Yeah, but it's, it goes back to the Garden of Eden. It's why did God give us free will? He, he probably knew Adam and Eve were going to sin. We, I've had these discussions. You're getting really deep into that, but God gave us free will. So he could have made us robots and said, you know, you know, you're not going to eat of that tree and that's it. And you'll be in paradise forever. But hum, human beings, our souls being what they are, we, we always, we're always wandering and trying to find something better. And why he gave us free will, I don't know. That, I don't think we have the answer, but that's what he did. And 
it's incumbent upon us, and as you said, to sh- show an example. But we, we can bang them over the head until the cows come home. But um, it's in the God's plan, free will. He knows. I guess everyone's in the book of life, and he knows what's going to happen before we do. That's my understanding. Anyway, listen, we, we have a couple of miracles. God probably knows what decision what's going to happen depending on the road of choice that we choose. And Some if we chose yeah, the, an alternate road, I'm I'm sure he knew what the what the end of the road was going to be like. Yeah, there is that thought process that oh. people yeah. Uh, we have two minutes, Ray. I just wanted to make sure that there are no other caller waiting. This time's going to run out, and they might want to talk if they're there. Nobody, Ray. Um, no. Okay, so we have one minute left. Any final thoughts before we conclude? From anybody? I'm just thankful for the opportunity to participate and for the joys of this season. Every Christmas, I am more grateful for the gifts that God has given us and more interested in sharing with others. So thank you all so much for this opportunity to be a part of the podcast. We're glad to have you as always, Karen, and also Steve and Ray and and Michael. We're very pleased that you took the time to share your thoughts on Christmas. And I think we all agree on this program right now, the same concept. Just try to be the best person you can be, care for one another, love for one another, give to one another reasonably, love Jesus, serve Jesus, and and, and do it year-round, not just because this is Christmas weekend, by the way. Right. We don't want to make that mistake. Yeah. Okay, so I want to thank everybody for for that, and I want to wish all of you a very merry, merry Christmas and a healthy, happy, and prosperous new year. Uh, to our participants, to Peter, to Raymond, and to our panel members, I want to thank you all. Take care. Merry Christmas. See you next mm-hmm. week on In Perspective. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>